We've got some appropriate songs we're going to sing together. We're going to sing one 
Uh, we were going to sing these last week, and it was a way to minister to the children, too, because, you know, there was some certainty. A couple of Wednesday nights ago, and they talked about when they were afraid, they would trust in the Lord, and they sang some songs from Bible school, and, and we're going to sing those songs together today. And so the first one is Rescue Me, and then after we uh, sing together, we're going to take up the um, offering and then both the children's choir, they're going to sing In the Eye of the Storm. It's so amazing uh, how our VBS this year just really, really tied in and just some practical uh, help uh, because that's what, uh, that's what good music does. It just encourages you and it challenges you. Let's stand together. If you don't know this one, you can learn it. It's a beautiful song, Rescue Me. Let's stand together and sing. All right, let's stand up and sing. <laughs> All right, if you remember from Bible school, and you know this, let's sing it out. Ready? I didn't know it would be this hard. I didn't think I could fall so far.
this morning, please. We'll begin in Acts chapter 2. We're beginning a brand new series this morning that we're calling Ships. Ships. And we'll look at that in a moment. Acts chapter 2. Years ago, Mamie was making frequent trips to the local branch of the post office and one day when she went, she confronted a long line of people. Can you imagine that? Waiting at the postal uh, office there, a long line of people. Uh, in front of her and talking to one of the postal clerks. And so, Mamie only needed stamps. And so there was someone nearby that found that out and suggested to Mamie, they said, well, why don't you use the stamp machine? You can get all the stamps you need and you won't have to stand in this long line. And Mamie thought about it for a second. And here's what she said in response. She said, I know, but the machine can't ask me about my arthritis. <laughs> People need interaction with other people. We need human contact. We need to be with other people and talk to other people. And that's one of the reasons that God has given us what we have here. He's given us the church. And today as we begin this new series that we're calling Ships, uh, we're going to begin talking about some important ships in our lives. And today we're going to be talking about the Good Ship Fellowship. The Good Ship Fellowship. You know, fellowship is something that apparently we take very seriously here. You know why? We have a building right next door, and we call it what? The Fellowship Hall. We think a lot about this whole idea of fellowship. But listen, fellowship is more than just the name of a building that sits out next to the church. Uh, it's more than just a building where we eat together. In fact, beloved, it's one of our functions as a church according to the Bible. You see, the Lord is the one that came up with the whole idea of fellowship. We're going to talk about that today. Now, you're in Acts chapter 2, and I'll be honest with you, we're going to cover a lot of Scripture today. And you might want to just jot down some of the references because I know in particularly one part, you won't have time to look it all up. And so you might want to just jot down the references that I give you, but we'll turn to several as well. In Acts chapter 2, we'll begin reading at verse 40, and we'll read down through verse 42. And it says in Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 40, And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. That is, they were saved, they were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. So you have the early church here. And imagine 3,000 souls getting saved and, and following the Lord here. Now look at verse 42 of Acts chapter 2. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and, what's the next word? Fellowship. Fellowship. In the breaking of bread and in prayers. So fellowship is not our idea. It's not a Baptist thing or a Methodist thing or, or some other denomination. It's not something that man came up with. God in His Word here talks about fellowship. But it brings about a very important question, and that is, what is fellowship? I mean, what is this thing that continued steadfast in the Apostles' Doctrine and in fellowship? Well, the earliest definition that I remember hearing when it comes to fellowship, what is fellowship? It's two fellows in a ship. 
That was the earliest definition I remember. Fellowship is two fellows in a ship. And in a sense, that is correct, but it's not a complete picture. It's not the whole picture. The Greek word that we have here, you know, this, the Bible is written in Hebrew and Greek primarily, and it's translated into our language. The Greek word for fellowship is the word koinonia. You may have heard that word. In fact, some churches have the koinonia Sunday school class, the fellowship class, the koinonia class. Koinonia simply means partnership or sharing something in common or participation. And so based upon the biblical word, here's how I simply define fellowship. Fellowship is sharing life together. Fellowship is sharing life together. Now, it may involve food. Oftentimes at church it does, but as we'll see later, it does not always involve food. It may be fun, but as we see later, fellowship is not always fun. Sometimes our fellowship actually involves some of the hardest times of our life. And so we understand that fellowship, what is it? Well, it's sharing life together. Well, then we have to ask the question, well, who does the fellowshipping? I mean, who is it that's doing this idea of fellowshipping? Well, simple answer is Christians. Those who have turned from their sin, they've repented of their sin, and placed their faith in Jesus Christ alone. See, Christian fellowship is different from merely socializing. It's different from the time that you may spend with others at a club or an association or in a, a civic organization. We're talking about Christian fellowship. You see, the reason it's different is because we have been brought together in the gospel. We've been brought together in the work of God and by the work of the Holy Spirit. We've been made one in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me give you some references. I'll give you the verses. You might want to jot the references down. First Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 9 says this, God is faithful by whom you are called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And so one of the reasons that we have fellowship with each other is because we have fellowship with God first. We have fellowship with God through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, 1 John chapter 1, verses 3-7 through 7 says it this way, "...that which we have seen and heard we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us." And truly, our fellowship is with the Father, that is, God the Father, and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. That's interesting. Fellowship and joy being connected. Verse 5, this is the message which, we, which we've heard from Him and declare to you that God is light and Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him, that is with God, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But listen to verse 7 of 1 John 1. But if we walk in the light... As He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. So here there are two different parts of the fellowship. There's what we might call vertical fellowship. That is our fellowship with God. And we come about that through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So there's that vertical fellowship that we have with God, but then there's also the horizontal fellowship that we have with one another. And the reason we have that one another fellowship is because of the fellowship that we have with God. You see, beloved, the fellowship that we experience, it includes believers who are different. 
In Christ, we've been brought together. There are those who are rich and those who are poor, those who are black and those who are white, those who are learned and those who are unlearned. In Christ, we're brought together in a way that we're not brought together in so many other realms. We've been made one in Christ. In fact, Galatians 3.28 says, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you're all one in Christ. Now think about it. When you look around today, what is it that's brought us together? Because we have a lot of different people here today uh, from different backgrounds and different maybe classes and, and, and some have more money, some have less money and, and, and some have uh, more learning and some have less learning. Just all kinds of different things. We do different jobs and, and different occupations and, and different backgrounds and different cultures and yet what has happened is we've been brought together and made one in the Lord Jesus Christ in the fellowship that we have. In fact, we sometimes sing this, these words. Do you remember them? Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love, the fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above. We sing about fellowship. We practice fellowship. We don't always step back and think about it though because it's happening in our lives. But today we're stepping back and saying, let's listen, let's look at this good ship fellowship. We've been brought together in Christ. We're one in Christ. We're different people. But we've been brought together and made one in the Lord Jesus Christ. Look around this morning. There are people that are different than you. There are people that you might think are weird here today. You probably think I'm weird. There are people that dress differently than you might dress. And they maybe go to places that you don't go. And they do activities and hobbies that you don't participate in. And they have different ideas and uh, their home is different than your home, and their tastes are different than your taste. But what's brought us together? The Lord Jesus Christ. We're one in Christ. See, that's Christian fellowship. And, and Christian fellowship is believers sharing life together. And fellowship is important, obviously, to God. Community is important to God. Pastor Tony Evans talked about the fact, and I'm summarizing what he said, that really it, it's just like God Himself. Because God has never known what it's like to be alone because one of the foundational truths that we believe in the Bible teaches is the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, in perfect harmony and fellowship, they're one in three. You say, well, I can't understand that. I can't either. Well, we take it by faith. And we believe it, though we don't always understand it. We know that's what the Bible teaches. You know, there are some things that we could understand we'd probably be God. There's some things we just can't fully grasp, but we take it by faith that the great three in one, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, that perfect harmony and fellowship, three in one. And yet here we are, we are one in Christ. We're made for community. We're made for fellowship. And if you'll notice that if people are not involved in a church, they're going to find some sort of fellowship somewhere because they're hungry for it. Like... Mamie that wanted just someone to ask about her arthritis. Think about to the creation. We've been studying creation in Sunday school right now. You know, God created the heavens and the earth. And you remember that God would create something and then He would say it, it was good. Right? In fact, when He got to Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, the Bible says, Then God saw everything that He had made and indeed it was very good. 
God steps back and looks at His creation and says, it's very good. But then you get to Genesis chapter 2. That was Genesis 1.31. You get to Genesis 2.18 and the Lord God said, it is not good. Wait a minute now. It is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper comparable to him. It's not good that man should be alone. Every time I use that verse, all of you married men, you miss it. You could have got such brownie points this morning if you'd said amen when I said that. Too late now. It's not good that man should be alone. And so what did God do? God came along and He said, He put Adam to sleep, performed a surgery, created Eve, the first woman. I'm convinced the reason she's called woman is because Adam woke up and saw Eve and said, Whoa, man! But anyway... Adam and Eve, it's not good that man should be alone. And so he created Eve. Adam needed Eve. Rodney needed Danielle. And Christians need other Christians. A Christian needs his or her church family. A Christian needs fellowship. A Christian needs that sharing and having things in common. And so we understand, beloved... This whole idea so far about what is fellowship, it's sharing life together. Who does the fellowshipping? Those who are saved. This is Christian fellowship. But then the question is, how does fellowshipping work? I mean, how does this play itself out in our lives, in our church? It's a very broad topic, by the way. But let's try to explore it a little bit. Are you still in Acts chapter 2? Drop on down there to verse 44. We see a picture of how this worked in the early church. Verse 44. Now, all those who believed were together and had all things in common. You know, a lot of those folks, they lost pretty much what they had because they became a follower of Jesus Christ. So there were other believers coming to their aid and helping them. Verse 45, and sold their possessions and goods and and divided among them all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Sharing life together, verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who are being saved. We notice in Acts 2, 44-47, a concern, a caring for one another. And we talk about care a lot here. We have care cards. They're in the rack in front of you. We have Sunday school care leaders. We have a deacon family care ministry. And what we're trying to do is make sure that everybody's cared for. That nobody falls to the cracks. That nobody's overlooked or forgotten or not ministered to in our community. But in reality, care is more than just a formal position. It's more than just, if, well, if you're a deacon and you have a group of families you help care for. You're a Sunday school care leader and you have uh, some folks you help care for. It's more than just a formal position. It's more than just a formal ministry. In fact, fellowship, when you study the Scriptures, probably best described in the one another verses of the Bible. The one another verses of the Bible. And I want to just give them to you real quick. And by the way, you're not going to have time to look them up. And you're going to have to kind of process quickly. And if you want a list of these, I'll be glad to give you a list. Just let me know. But here's what I want to do. I want to just read the one another passages or verses in the Bible. And remember when I told you that fellowship's not always fun? Because we think about fellowship. We've got fellowship this afternoon. We're going to go out and eat and have a picnic and we're going to play volleyball and we're going to have a great time. We're going to play Scrabble and all this. Well, that is fellowship, but it's not always fun and games. 
So I want you to listen to the one another passages, the verses. It's a whole bunch of them. Romans 12.10, Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor giving preference to one another. That's not always fun, is it? Give preference to one another. I want this, you want that. God bless you. Let's go with your idea. It's already hard. Romans 12.10. Romans 12.16. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. <laughs> Again, it's already hard. My opinion's right. But it says don't be wise in your own opinion. Be in the same mind. Romans 15, 7. Therefore receive one another, just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. I've been a Christian for a long time. I grew up in church. I've been in church a long time. I've been in ministry a long time. Some Christians are weird. I'm just going to be honest with you. Sometimes I'm weird. But this says I'm supposed to receive one another. That's not always easy. Now everybody's sitting there thinking, what if he's talking about me? No, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about somebody else, somewhere else. Romans 15, 14. Now I myself am confident concerning you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. Boy, that's not easy always, is it? Romans 15, 14. Romans 16, 16. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Aren't you glad that's cultural? We like to greet each other with a holy handshake or a holy fist bump. Galatians 5.13 For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. I like to be served. No, it says serve one another. By the way, if we all practice that, everybody gets served. Ephesians 4.2 With all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. Bearing. Putting up with somebody else. It's not always fun. This is Christian fellowship. Ephesians 4.32 And be kind to one another. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ for you gave you. Now, if you have to forgive one another, what does that mean? You've been wronged by somebody else. Ephesians 5.19 Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Ephesians 5.21 Here's another tough one. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Colossians 3.13 Bearing with one another. You noticing a theme? And forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so also you must do. Boy, over and over again, putting up each other, bearing each other, forgiving each other, loving each other, being humble, being a servant. Colossians 3.16 Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Why do we have music and singing? Because God ordained it. We worship Him, praise Him, and admonish and encourage one another. First Thessalonians 5.11 Therefore, comfort each other and edify, build up one another, just as you are also doing. Sometimes fellowship takes place at the funeral home. 
Sometimes fellowship takes place around the bedside of a dying loved one. Fellowship's not always fun. But it's sharing life together. Sometimes fellowship involves tears. Sometimes fellowship involves sorrow. Sometimes fellowship involves some of the darkest days we'll ever walk through in life because we're sharing life together. We're fellowshipping together. Hebrews 10.24 Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. James 5.16, maybe one of the hardest ones of the list. Confess your trespasses to one another. And pray for one another that you may be healed. And it continues. 1 Peter 1.22 Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers. It's implied sisters as well. Be tender-hearted. Be courteous. 1 Peter 4.9 Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Why did they have to put the last part of that verse on? Be hospitable. Yeah, come on in. No, that's not what it says. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. And one more. 1 Peter 5.5 Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Beloved, we need one another. And fellowship is not always fun. In fact, we never sing it, I don't think, because we always sing, blessed be the tie, usually after what? The Lord's Supper. And we sing how many verses? One verse. But you know what verse 3 says? We share our mutual woes. Our mutual burdens bear. And often for each other flows the sympathizing tear. See, that's part of fellowship. And the kind of fellowship that we just read about what should be taking place in our church family, that's what should be happening in your Sunday school classes. Because it's real easy for you to walk in at 11.02 on a Sunday morning to sit sour and soak through a service, walk out at 12.02 and really, not fellowship at this level. That's why we encourage you to get involved in Sunday school. That's why we emphasize that care element, connecting with one another, sharing your burdens, your woes, your, your, your prayer requests. But beloved, can I just tell you something else? Fellowship is even more than that. Fellowship should be happening here, but fellowship should be happening outside of the church. We've already read it, but in Acts chapter 2, verse 46, I don't know if you caught it or not, Acts 2, 46 says, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple at church, then notice what it says, and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. In other words, they got together outside of church. They get together outside of worship of the temple. They shared life. They were in each other's homes. They were having meals together. They were sharing life together. See, Christian fellowship doesn't have to be all formal. 
It didn't have to take place just during regularly scheduled hours. You know, well, it's Sunday school time. Let's go fellowship. That's not the idea at all. Christian fellowship's about doing life together. It's about caring for one another and encouraging one another and loving one another. Somebody said that fellowship really is the heartbeat of the church. Like, like, a, like a doctor would put a stethoscope upon the chest of a patient and listen to a heartbeat. That's what fellowship in a church is like. It'll tell you a whole lot about the church. What goes on before church? Are people talking and laughing and carrying on after church? Are they talking and laughing and carrying Are they Are they connecting? Or are they running to their cars and jumping in and trying to be the first one out of the parking lot? First one to the restaurant. First one to the recliner. I can't emphasize to you enough how important Christian fellowship is. I love what one author wrote. He said, the world can be a discouraging place. That might be the understatement of the century. The world can be a discouraging place. You can get the impression that everybody's cheating, everybody's doing drugs, everybody's greedy. You can begin to think that you're all alone, that there's no one left in the world who believes like we believe. No one else is disciplining their children. No one else is abstaining from immorality. Nobody else is giving money away. But when you fellowship with Christians, you realize what? You're not alone. And it's a boost every week when you come into the church house to see that, yes, there are other people like you that love Jesus and want to serve Jesus and have given their lives to Jesus that share your values, that want to walk in the light as you walk in the light, that have the same concerns you have, and can I just say, if ever there was a day in America, there was, ever there was a day in my lifetime, in your lifetime, where we need fellowship, it's today. Because there is an agenda even to tear down everything that we hold precious in life, including and primarily the Word of God. And so we need that encouragement. We need that build up every single week. We need fellowship. But to experience fellowship, we need at least three things. First of all, we need to be in fellowship with God. We've got to have fellowship with God. And so first of all, you've got to be saved. The Bible says all of sin follows short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God's eternal life through Jesus Christ Lord. Has there been a time in your life where you realize you're a sinner and you needed to be forgiven in your sin? That's how you enter, first of all, into fellowship with God. If not, I encourage you, I implore you, Come to faith in Christ today. But then as you are a Christian, those of you who've placed your faith in Christ, can I just tell you, nothing will hinder your fellowship like sin in your life. Sin in your life will hinder your fellowship with God and your fellowship with other believers. In fact, it's been observed, and I found it pretty accurate, that some of the most mean and miserable people you'll ever meet are backslidden Christians. You know why? Because they can't fully enjoy sin if they're a child of God, and they can't fully enjoy fellowship with God because of the sin in their life. And so if I'm going to really be in fellowship, I've got to, first of all, be in fellowship with God, confess my sins, forsake them, make sure that there's nothing hindering my fellowship with the Father. And then secondly, I've got to be in the fellowship. Can I just give you a very astute observation? You're going to just be amazed at how profound of what I'm about to say. You can't enjoy Christian fellowship if you don't come to church. <laughs> it's just that simple. You say, oh, I'm lonely, I'm discouraged. Well, if you don't come to church, no wonder you're lonely and discouraged. 
If you're going to experience and be in the fellowship, you've got to be in the fellowship. Thirdly, this is probably one of the most difficult. You've got to be open to fellowship. Mm. In other words, you've got to get with some believers where you can let your guard down. Take off the mask. Quit playing games. You need to get with some folks that you really can trust. If you can't trust your Sunday school class, there's something wrong. And we need to work on that. But a small group, it might be a Sunday school class, it might be a group of Christians you get together outside of church or wherever it may be, but you need to get with some other believers where it is safe for you to say, you know what, I'm struggling. I'm hurting. I need prayer. Because then you can experience the fellowship as they edify, encourage, build you up, pray for you, help you, all those scriptures that we read. To really get to a place where you can be vulnerable with them and they can be vulnerable with you. To be real. To be real. Clara Knoll, a young single mother um, from Oklahoma City, described what she said was one of the worst days of her life. You might can relate. She said, the washing machine broke down, the telephone kept ringing, my head ached, and the mail carrier brought a bill I had no money to pay. Almost to the breaking point, I lifted my one-year-old into his high chair, leaned my head against the tray, and began to cry. Now, I know a lot of you moms, you can relate to this, and you can you just see her there. It's just been one of those days. She puts the one-year-old in the high chair and she's just laying on the tray of the high chair, just sobbing. And Clara Knoll said, without a word, my son took his pacifier out of his mouth and stuck it into mine. <laughs> Can I just tell you, we need somebody to do that for us sometimes. Somebody just understands that will take the pacifier out of their mouth and stick it in ours to listen. I understand. I'm for you. I'm praying for you. I'm with you. I love you. Now, is Christian fellowship a part of your life? First of all, are you truly in the fellowship? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If you do, if that's settled, are you in fellowship with God today? Or is there any sin that's hindering your fellowship? Confess it and forsake it today. Are you in the fellowship? You are right now. But are you open for fellowship? Are you willing to let people share life with you? You see, it's more than just small talk. It's more than just general conversation. You've got to be in fellowship with God. You have to be in the fellowship to begin with. And you have to be open to fellowship. And beloved, if you'll do those three things, you can experience something very, very sweet and vital in your life. And that is the fellowship of God's people. The good ship fellowship is just that. It's a good ship to cruise through life on together. Father, thank you for your blessings on our life. Thank you, Lord, for the sweet gift of fellowship. Thank you for the fellowship that we have with you through the Savior, the Lord Jesus. Father, I pray if anybody here does not have the assurance of their salvation, that your Holy Spirit would convict them and bring them to saving faith in Christ. 
for my brothers and sisters in Christ, help us all this moment to examine our lives and see if there's any sin, anything that's hindering our fellowship with you, which thus hinders our fellowship with one another. Help us to confess and forsake it. Help us today, Lord, to reconfirm or recommit or first time commit to being in the fellowship, to being present, to being a part of a Sunday school class, to be in the worship service, to be a part of this local church. And then, Lord, help us to humble ourselves and to be open to fellowship. To say, yes, it's me. I need prayer. I need help. I need encouragement. I need ministry. I need admonished. I need need edification. I need built up. I need forgiveness. I need help. Lord, we love you today. And pray your richest blessings upon these precious people. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our closing hymn of invitations, 134. Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. You need to be saved today. I'll be down front. You say, what will happen if I were to walk down and say I need to be saved? We just simply take a Bible and share Christ with you and pray with you. Answer any questions you have. Maybe today the Lord's spoken to your heart about something. Maybe you're a child of God, but there's sin. There's something hindering your fellowship. Or maybe there's a hindrance in your relationship or your fellowship with somebody else. You need to get that settled today. Maybe you've been just kind of taking church attendance and lightly. Maybe today you need to come and say, Listen, Lord, I realize I need to make a serious commitment to church, to your work. Whatever God is speaking to you, the altar is open. We'll pray with you if you'd like. If you want to just come and pray on your own, we will not hinder that at all. We would invite that. 134, Jesus paid it all. Let's stand together. You come as God leads you. Jesus paid it all. Mm